As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! And time, and time again. Crank up the music. Charge your glass. This nation is going to dance all night. Can a game be so bad that it gets both managers sacked? How late is it acceptable to say this has got nil-nil written all over it? And what precisely does a football match need to have had everything? Plus, Pep Guardiola being weird in a post-match interview, part 1748. Harry Maguire going home and looking at all his teammates in the mirror and revealing the true belly-dancing diva behind a certain football podcast bouncy theme tune. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 106 of the Football Clichés podcast. I'm Adam Hurry and with me once again is Charlie Eccleshare. How are you doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm alright, I'm uh, already looking forward to Saturday. Nunero Spirito Santo versus Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Is it... Is it feasible? Is it possible in the footballing universe that a game could get two managers sacked? <laughs> could the same game get ha- two managers sacked? Yeah, has that happened? I mean, you know when they say about draw, you know, it's a draw that will do neither party any particular good. I don't think that's ever enough. But to get them sacked, they'd have to both be real dead man walking. I mean, yeah, it's being called El Sacico, I've heard. Awful, um, awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... It, it, I can't think of a precedent for that. Yeah, well, something's got to give, I imagine, on that on that day. So uh, it depends on who wants the more work as the athletic writer, frankly, <laughs> in that evening uh, to tell the uh, the inside story. So hope it's not you, just for your sake. <laughs> Thanks. Alongside you today is Nick Miller. Uh, Nick, you were at a wedding on Sunday evening. Uh, and uh, on the back of our chat about goal music, something brilliant happened, I hear. Yeah, um the the wedding band and this is this is key not just yeah. this wasn't wasn't just uh, a, a DJ playing it the wedding band played uh, Sandstorm by Darude 
<laughs> which uh, I was just beside myself. I was trying to have a conversation with someone who was being very engaging at the time and um, uh, just couldn't couldn't concentrate on that because of the the just the real left turn at the traffic lights. That that or, or, well, it, it was in the middle of a sort of late nineties, early two thousands banger medley. So right. I, I think okay. you had. Um, here, lady, hear me tonight. Was uh, who's that by? I can't remember. But that, that Mojo, Mojo. There you go. That sort of vibe. Um, but yeah, what kind of band are we talking? Like, were they sort of you know, sort of, they they cover all bases, jacks of all trades situation. Yeah, well, they, they had they had a mandolin at one point, which really didn't fit in with the the sandstorm vibe. But um, mm. yeah, they, it was it was quite an eclectic set. Kicked off with you can call me Al and um, nice. played, Mr. played Mr. Brightside but apparently Mr. Brightside is the most requested song by uh, any kind of wedding band which is particularly weird given what that song's about yeah but I'm also surprised it's the most requested because I feel it's a sort of, it's standard issue anyway well it, unfortunately it doesn't really need to be requested it's so uh, it's, it's yeah that's it's not so a good look is it requesting ubiquitous. Mr. Brightside yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. maybe get it anyway it's just wedding guests being very thorough you know they just they just mm, want to make sure not taking any chances yeah yeah just uh, two things. Just want to make sure you've got the cake, and the band is going to play Mr. Brightside. <laughs> and Mr. Brightside. Just you know. Um, what was your What was your instinctive reaction to Derude by Sandstorm? You, um, did you wheel away in celebration? I just thought of um, someone scoring a goal at the Riverside. Um, no, no sort of, no specific person, the player in mind. Um, I don't know, Malcolm Christie maybe. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, I, di- I didn't... Silencing sort of... the Riverside. <laughs> Silencing the Riverside, definitely. Um, in the midst of all that, I, I just thought I might have to police myself. Is it wheeling away, Charlie, or reeling it's away? It's wheeling away. There was a it big, is wheeling, there was a big, Thank God. Our former colleague, John McCleary, claimed mm. it was reeling and would write Pedant. reeling. It's yeah. wheeling, and it became yeah. a, big, uh, <laughs> a big cause celeb. Um, <laughs> <you know, laughs> amongst three people. But it's, it's wheeling. Good, good. Glad to have cleared You're that left up. reeling um, by a bad defeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely wheeling. And and yeah, it's, it must be. That's all I've ever said in 38 years, so it has to be. Um, let's crack on with things for the adjudication panel. First of all, uh, the Athletics' Pete South writes in, Nick, and says, My dad has the infuriating habit of saying this has nil-nil written all over it as late as the 80th minute of any given game. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's doing it to wind me up now. How late can you legitimately use it? And is the answer about the fifth minute? Now, fifth minute, no. I think that's Ooh, way yeah, too early. Certainly. I think you can. I think a game can start, can carry on shaping itself long after that. Um, you, you can definitely say it before a game, can't you? You can, you can say, it, you know, before a game's kicked off, this has nil nil written all over it. I mean, just two shit teams, right? Two boring teams seems fairly clear cut. But how late would you go? I don't know. It? Is this is this something that you have to confine to the first half, or can you can it get get into the sort of sixty minute territory? Yeah, I think early second half is, I think 60 is maybe, then it becomes, it's then just quite a conservative prediction because hmm. if it's nil up to that point, that feels quite safe. And I think the point of it has to be that, you know, it, it's linked to, it's a kind of cousin of that they could play all day mm. and not score. So mm. I think it has to be a bit earlier than, I think like between 45 and 50 is around about the last. When a, I'm imagining a kind of shot goes miles over and it's like, a, oh God, this has nil nil written all over it. Yeah, I feel like I would allow it up to the hour mark, after which point the two teams are actively playing out a nil-nil. 
Mm. Like this is this doesn't exactly. become a hypothesis anymore. They are literally <laughs> the in front of your eyes playing out nil. It's petering out. They're settling for a nil nil. So after that, so yeah, let's let's say an hour march. It's gonna be it's gonna be horrible for Pete's out to hear because he only thought it would be five minutes, Nick. Um, no. But. No, I mean you've got to have you have got to have sort of if it's been a, a dreadful first half, you then you've then got a little bit of optimism to think well maybe things will be different in the second half. That fifteen minutes of break will be all, yes, prove all yes. this. But then you've got to have enough time for you to go. No, that's it. that was bunks. Mm. That's not. Uh, there's going to be no goals in this. And yeah, that's ten, a very good shout. Ten, but, but, ten minutes, ten minutes or so seems fair. I think. Yeah, but I think that's why it needs. That's why I think that kind of 50 or before, because I feel it needs to be quite a snap judgment. Like you've had the half time to be like, okay, maybe things are going to magically change because it's the second half. They're shooting the other way. They've had, I don't think you should, they've had a you should judge anything within a five minute period. Of but then a few minutes happens and you can straight away, you know, you need to mm-hmm. know. I think you need it to be like a, yeah, this is no, no. I mean, but on the other hand, whilst I say you should judge things in a five minute period, I mean, um, we, we so often judge entire games and performances based on one thing. Um, my my kind of bugbear, Charlie, is like when a when a player does something in isolation, very good, like a piece of skill or something, and then you just know that the co-commentator is going to come in in a couple of seconds. They go, "He's had a great afternoon. He's had a fantastic <laughs> game." Actually, you can't do that. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I realize there's an icing on the cake aspect of these sort of things. That's fine. But you can't just say, "Oh, he's had a great game." You know, it's, I don't like it because you know the thought process that's gone into it. I just don't like it. Don't what like sort it. of skill are you thinking about? Uh- a specific piece of skill? No, or... just 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 a passage of attacking play, right? Um, uh, possibly linked to um, great work by the mm. thing we defined a few weeks ago. You know, sort of rampaging down the right or something. Great like that. work and in the build up by. Yeah, yeah, and I think yes, yeah, he's had a great afternoon. Shouldn't be, shouldn't be enough. One thing <laughs> shouldn't be enough. You should, you should pet out your evidence. Next up, Charlie. This is probably one for you. But um, I'm going to bill it simply as the most annoying call into 606 of all time. <laughs> I would give Rafael Benitez an A- minus so far. I think he's done a fabulous job. I know there was a lot of lot of uh, controversy when his appointment in the summer. I mean, Andy Gray and uh, Richard Keyes were over in the uh, Dubai or Qatar or whatever saying, you know, it's a bad appointment. Please, Mr. Mashiri, do not hire this man. And I was like, man, you just sound <laughs> who, who so Who was that an so impression old, of? Was that, was that Keyes or Gray? That was that was supposed to be uh, Andy Gray. Richard Keane is more like it was just banter. It was just banter. But um, yeah, no, I think that uh, it, 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 he went for the best man available, Mashiri. Wow, Char- Charlie, it's really annoying. A lot. Just, just, a, all of that was really annoying. A lot to unpack there. That we've mm. now moved on. We're not just Keane and Gray. We're now onto other people talking about and impersonating Keane and Gray. Yeah, I mean, but but is there an element to which we are like you're on our turf here? <laughs> because we're, you know, we're we're the only ones who can invoke keys and great. I mean, I'm pleased that people are, you know, on on phone-in shows raising them as like legitimate kind of critics and you know part of the cognoscenti. Because I I, I wouldn't take you know gripes with Everton appointing a foreign manager. Keys and Gray having an issue with that? That doesn't that doesn't surprise me hugely. Well, we know they're anti anti Benitez, of course. But I mean, yeah, just yeah, just randomly throwing in impressions of them, just saying mundane observations. <laughs> it's it's not the level we aspire to. But uh, Nick, separate issue here. I, I'm not also comfortable with sort of referring to specifically to other broadcasters during a call into six oh six. I I just I don't know. It just feels wrong. It feels wrong to me. Well, like they, they should exist in sort of different universes, kind of thing. Yeah, it should not yeah, be. Just, yeah, Sky shouldn't refer to ITV. Six or six shouldn't refer to be in sports. Sh- shouldn't be done. We talked about that, didn't we? 
sorry, in the in the uh, Super League whole, all of that chaos that mm. you had. I think Gary Neville mentioned the word BT Sport, and it was like, oh, they're having to Whoa. all come together. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah, all bets are off here. Yeah, it felt like a special occasion, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, it, they do this. They do this a lot in uh, the sort of more adversarial sections of American news media, where they will refer to the mm-hmm. other network. So I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think I quite like it. But just a, a okay. little one thrown in uh, every now and then, just to, you know, a bit of needle. Well, also, I mean, being sports tacitly do it all the time because they call their Monday night football show the real MNN. <laughs> <laughs> or at least Keys Nothing does on Twitter. Nothing encapsulates being so, better than that. <laughs> do, I think do, that, you know, do, that's a thinly veiled dig. Is it actually being sports the call of that, or is it just Keezy? No, I think that's just Keezy. I right. don't think that's <laughs> the official branding. But you, jo- you know, join us nine pm Mecca time for the real MN. <laughs> I mean, Keezy is being sports. I mean, it's, it's a bit like you know, PIF yeah. and the Saudi state. You know, where does one end and the other begin? <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, thanks to Isaac for sending in the most annoying successive call of all time. Uh, moving on, um, an evergreen subject for us, I think, Nick. Sam Munnery asks, Steve McManaman last week said of Atletico versus Liverpool. This was at 2-2, pre-red card and pre-penalty decisions. This game's had everything. What essentials need to be ticked off before we can say a game has had everything? Uh, Nick, it's, it's a phrase that gets thrown around willy-nilly. But I, I feel it's important that we establish the official order of precedence for a game having had everything. What is, what is the fundamental thing that it has to have had first before you can even begin to think about saying this? Well, um, I think uh, the, the instinctively you want to say goals, but the, you, yeah. you can have a game with loads of goals that doesn't have everything. So I think you need some sort of disgraceful incident. Um, uh, First off, that needs to be the basis. I think so, yeah. I don't think you can have a game that's had everything without there being... Uh, just. I'm not asking for a, you know... 20 man brawl here just a couple mm. of just a, at least one pretty bad sending off I think um, you need okay. and then I think then I'd go lots of goals um, at least one missed penalty maybe an well, argument nowadays touch- a, nowadays a VAR controversy probably oh yeah. yes of course yeah Arg- argument on the touchline between the two managers I think that's that's mm. quite important as well so, Charlie, I feel like we're in kind of chicken and egg territory mm. here because my instinct was that goals were the fundamental yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I and think then goals. Incident, singular, comes after that. Yeah, I think goals is the baseline. I think you. How many? Four. Minimum. I said four. Yeah, I, I think, thought four. I think four. I, I agree with Nick that just having lots of goals doesn't mean the game has everything. Far from Fine. it. But I do think for a game to have everything, it needs to be high scoring. There needs to have been some element of comeback, ideally. Um, you know, So you'd hope a team was 2-0 down, then went to 2-2, maybe then to 3-2, to the other team or to them. Um, so I think, yeah, that's your kind of main ingredient is the goals and hopefully within that a comeback. Because obviously, you know, 4-0, you're not going to be saying this game's had everything. Mm. Uh, and then I think you throw in your, your controversies. I'm surprised he said that pre-red card because I do think uh, this game had everything... I do think you need a red card, um, mm. or if not I a red, red card, cards are the, red cards are the primary. Yeah, that's, pro- yeah. that's probably yeah, exactly. That's the thing you then put on top of it. I like Nick's shout of a missed penalty. I think that's good. Um, I put that above. I would put that before own goals. Yeah, I don't think I, you need own goals. penalties are game turning, potentially game turning events. Well, so so are own goals actually, but own goals are funnier. <laughs> yeah, they're, I don't they're think, sillier. I don't think own goals are a prerequisite. Like if you have mm. them great but I, and I also think you hopefully want to have one of the red cards or a non-red card for there to be a refereeing controversy to yeah. chew over in that this mm. game had everything you know where do we start 
kind of that, yeah, yes. that sort of analysis. Okay, well that's it. That's it. Um, this podcast <laughs> has had everything already, um, but it hasn't had everything. Um, we haven't had this for a while, actually, Charlie. Um, I always enjoy these. This is Pep Guardiola being weird again. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like? I mean, obviously you tried pretty hard to sign a striker in the summer, but do you look at it now and feel like? I'm not sure if we need one because of the extra fluidity you have with, with Phil or whoever plays in that position. Sky, I'm going to tell you something. Oh, lovely. Right one day we're going to lose the games. You're going to ask me if I miss the striker. I bet you whatever you want. Well, I suppose <laughs> me or someone. Yeah, we'll see. I don't, I don't buy this question. I'm sorry. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I love it's, it. I it's love it so, so me- much. the laughter is so menacing. It's so um, uh, it's so passive aggressive. Um, as you said a moment ago, where do we start with this? Um, I think one of my favourite aspects of it, not just the, the the classic Pep delivery, the kind of just the, the the pregnant, most pregnant of footballing pauses, and then he sort of leans forward and offers you know, when he when he sort of breaks the fourth wall a bit. But um, it's. Patrick Davison has become so wise to this sort of thing. He's so prepared for this. And then where he says, halfway through Pep's little turn, he just says, oh, lovely. <laughs> yeah, is that him? Like, I heard that. And I was like, is that him? Or is that someone who's... Is that the He's per- not taking this shit anymore. You, you know, sometimes oh, when people lovely. video it and you hear yeah. them as they're watching it. I couldn't work out I, that was him or Patrick Davison. That's amazing. I think we're, I think we're about six to eight months away, Nick, from Patrick Davison just saying, oh, fucking hell, here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there's a few elements to that that I enjoyed. One of which your our listeners will have to, if they can, seek this out because there's a visual element to it, which was his little grin, this sort of deranged yeah. little grin, that, yeah. really deranged, the least friendly grin of all time. I, I just watching that clip there, he has a, a, a very small element, or maybe a slightly larger element of. Um, of Remy Malik in the new Bond film, this kind of very deliberate way of speaking. Yeah, very deliberate way of speaking. Slightly manic eyes, unsettling smile, and there was also um, because of the, the the way that they have to do these interviews now with the the um, the microphone on a stand or on some kind of mm. pole um, mm. with the the interviewer. Uh, a little bit, a little bit further back, Guardiola sort of, and that sort of forms a, 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 a line of demarcation that neither side should actually cross. Guardiola yeah. sort of half crosses that. He kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. steps slightly, slightly to one Lean. side of the microphone and yeah. leans, leans in. Which is, I don't know, is that an alpha move? Does does Pep, can Pep Guardiola do alpha moves? I'm not sure. I think so. I mean, I think like all of it is quite alpha. The eyes narrowing. I, I actually invoke Guardiola quite often with, when I'm with my son and we're nearly home or something and you know you're saying, oh, oh, we're God, really right, close. Yeah. And, and you know that there's that bit in the Amazon documentary it's like, we are so close now, guys. We are so <laughs> close. I, so I say that to my son pretty often I'm invoking Guardiola. The Which other one... you're approaching the door. With yeah, the, genuinely. Uh, with the it's like, we are yeah. so close now, guys. We are so close. The other one, I mean, that that's so nice. He's so nice. The, uh, the Aguero. I mean, that was like the other side of him, I guess, wasn't it? But it's this weird... Um, yeah, with that sort of manic when he starts just smiling. And the, the laughter. I bet you. Yeah. I bet you. Uh, it's, uh, 
Just, yeah, just yeah, the gentle spitting out of these little um, commands and predictions are quite like. I'd be interested to see if you uh, invoke him in more elements of your parenting, Charlie. Like if, <laughs> if when your son's old enough to buy you a, a present or something, you just go, I'm so happy, so, so happy, yeah. so, so happy. Or grabbing other kids in the in the nursery and sort of uh, pushing them around the nursery, telling them what they should be doing. Yeah, yeah, completely, completely <laughs> unsolicited. Having a word yeah. with them, yeah, or just saying he's so nice when I'm proud of him. Uh, Pep Guardiola uh, does parenting. That would be quite. Selfish. Oh my god, can you imagine his poor children? Yeah, horrendous. Um, the exacting standards cannot imagine. Um, anyway, next up, here's this from Elliot Hooper. Uh, from a report on Charlton's 1-0 win at Sunderland this weekend, after which caretaker manager Johnny Jackson hailed midfielder George Dobson. Uh, it goes thus. The 23-year-old engine rumour, who made 34 league appearances over two years with the Black Cats, impressed as he helped the South Londoners hang on for just their third win of the campaign. Nick, how do you feel about engine rumour? <laughs> I think, instinctively, I thought it was shit. Actually, now I quite like it. Exactly. I think that's exactly how I feel as well. In- instinctively, you kind of rail against it, but... Um, but then you kind of think, why? And there's no real reason to get annoyed about that. I don't think. I think it it does does the job perfectly well. Uh, mm. It's a perfectly decent descriptor, I think. Um, Charlie, it's, it's a linguistic web. It's it's like a compound noun noun, which I really <laughs> like. I mean, I'm all for compounding all sorts of things when it comes to football because I just think it makes you sound more sophisticated. But um, but engine rumor, I just I mean, it does its job uh, very much like the player himself. He might also have felt, I had this recently, I can't remember with who, when I was genuinely, it was quite hard to know whether to describe someone as a midfielder or kind of a forward or attacking midfielder. So, so he might have actually had a genuine dilemma as to, I don't know how to perfectly describe this player, but engine rumour, that gets it across. Because it, it might be, and I don't know this player, but it, I'm thinking when engine rumour would be perfect, if it was a defensive midfielder, but they're not really a defensive midfield, mm. you know, so he might want to just get that across. And Actually, this is a very important point, Nick. Um, what goes on in the engine room, it isn't just box-to-box midfielders. It isn't just sitting midfielders. It isn't just scuttlers, who I think more as a horizontal affair, uh, sort of going around putting out fires, which you should be doing in an, in an engine room. Or should you? I mean, if you're on, if you're on an old ship... You'd want the fire burning. Well, it d- depends where the pa- uh, the fires are, I suppose. You want yeah, you, know, the, yeah. you, know, you want fires in the right place, but yeah. You don't want it in the mm. submarine. No, that's, that's the that's the worst thing that could happen. That'd be a nightmare. It, um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Engine room. I think it's it feels like a sort of catch-all for the sort of grittier side of the game. Mm. You don't you, you don't do. There's not much flair in the engine room, but you, mm. you know you. You're tackling, you're playing short passes, you're intercepting, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, engine room, just to ram this point home, Charlie, it's very evocative. I mean, an underrated is an evocative footballing term because it really does it really does sum up the midfield battle quite well. I like it. Yeah, I think engine room as well, just on what Nick was saying, is I think there is an element, you do want to be kind of setting the tempo in the engine room. Like, it's quite important that you do that. It's not just a kind of... Def- Defensive role, as you say, you know, it's not just a kind of scuttler hustler. I'm just trying to think who's the most, who's a kind of a real engine yeah. rumor from down the years. Lee Catamol. Well, I, I was, think yeah, was very I, engine rumor. I was thinking Lee Catamol, and then I wondered if he's a bit too hard and tackle based. Mm. Um, you want someone doing their job a bit more quietly? Maybe, yeah. I, th- I think uh, I think Jordan Henderson's quite a deluxe engine yeah. rumor, but an engine rumor all the same. Yeah, well, I mean, because he, he's got the setting the tempo element. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oliver Skip. Yeah, how injured Rumi is. Skippy. I was thinking that is a, is quite a modern, uh, a modern. Oh, Skippy now is he? <laughs> I'm de- o- Ollie. Uh, yeah, he's uh, two fifteen hundred word features, and suddenly it's Skippy. Um, he yes, he was who I was thinking of for a modern engine rumor. Yeah, but again, that's quite a. He's quite a sort of cerebral engine rumor. Hmm. Um, it's how it's evolved. Fifteen hundred words on the evolution of the engine rumor. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Right, next up, we, we, we have to... Uh tackle this we have to tackle Manchester United nil Liverpool five but we're not going to be talking about the tactics we're not going to be talking about how badly coached Manchester United are uh, rather we, we need to approach from our own perspective Nick first of all um, maybe we're veering too much into earnest football chat here but I found it very interesting uh, an interesting strand from yesterday's analysis how important is it really that Gary Neville explicitly states that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer should be sacked slash is likely to be sacked why is that so important to everybody watching I don't know. It is weird. It's this kind of weird extension of how people don't really associate footballers with real people. Because what you're what you're saying is you should be saying your mate is incompetent and should yeah. and actively should be booted out of his job. Which we sort of we hold the the sanctity and the importance of the 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 pundit above all other things. Mm. So I mean what's more imp- what's more important to Gary Neville that he's kind of gets the uh, the approval of some you know gobshites on the internet or he's sort of perfectly pleasant to his mate. I think I'd, I if I was him I'd choose the latter. Oh yeah the, the mate thing Charlie is is kind of accepted. He's almost got to the point where Neville's kind of ready to address it himself just yeah I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But mm. Is it kind of is it kind of us sort of generally being driven by cheap headlines? Is the idea that Neville calls for Solskjaer's yeah. head, and and that's the breaking point? It's like he's a judge or something. I mean, I can see, I can see the point that given the way Neville likes to call people to account, and you know, I th- I, I think if you know he calls out double standards a lot when he sees it, and so I think a lot of people are kind of like, aha, but you're. You know, you say this about others, but you are admitting that you're being your punditry, which is supposed to be, you know, completely impartial, which obviously yeah. we know it isn't. Mm. You're admitting that your views, you're cheating the viewer because he's your mate. And so you're not prepared to go in as hard as you would yeah. or if it was someone else. So I think it kind of it's a bit of a point scoring exercise. Not an invalid complaint, I would have no. to say. But but he, but he, uh, he, does, he does kind of meet it fairly head on. So he's, he's not he's fairly he doesn't hide behind it too much. I don't think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think. But we do. It's this kind of um, there's this thirst for blood, isn't there? That it's like you you need to be saying this, you need to, because you would if it was someone else. And apparently Neville hasn't really called for managers to be sacked. So it's not actually as hypocritical as it might be. Okay. But I but I think it is this element that you, 
you're admitting that you're being affected by your friendships and that's bad you should just be able to be completely impartial which we know they're not and that's fine in a way first point to raise from that then nick there seems to be this kind of regrowing consensus perhaps i think is a good way of putting it that it's distasteful to call for managers to be sacked, no matter who you are. If you're an ex-pro and you've got connections to them, or you're a journalist, or maybe if you're you know, an observer on, on Twitter, it seems to be distasteful to call for someone to lose their job. Football doesn't really exist in that universe. There's, mm. there's so many caveats for football. Yeah, it's... Um, you, you, it's fine, you, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah it, it would be distasteful for you to yeah, call for the sacking of the guy who works in Tesco or something like that because he, <laughs> yeah. you know, took a bit too long to scan your groceries. <laughs> but uh, yeah, because football exists on this completely different plane, mm. sacking isn't. It's, it's not really seen as a particularly big deal, is it? Well, no it's one likes to see. Isn't it? No one, <laughs> no one likes to see someone lose their jobs. Well. It, it happens dozens of times every season, so you well, know. no one, no one yeah. likes to see someone lose their job and get a heavy payoff and get employed again within six months based on pretty much nothing. I think that's it's horrible. No one wants to see that. I think Carragher made the point well yesterday because he was saying we're we're more than happy to say that players should be replaced that they're not good enough. Yeah. So it's quite weird we don't manage. And I remember thinking this in. 23rd, January 2013 I think it was when Southampton did something that I've basically never seen before or since which was they were doing fine in fact they mm. were doing pretty well they were kind of low on the table in the Premier League having just been promoted and they sacked Nigel Atkins and brought in Pochettino and it was absolute heresy it was like how can you do this to a yeah. good man who's done a great yeah, a good job man. to a really good man you know mm. he doesn't deserve this how can you do such a thing and obviously their logic was well we think we found a massive upgrade who's available and we're going to act. And, and I mm. genuinely, that is so rare, which is weird given that that is basically how every team operates with their players. That if they, yep. you know, you can have a guy who's been good, scored 10 goals for you last season, but if you think there's someone a lot better, you do it. Yeah. There's a weird thing that with um, managers you don't. I think as well with social media. It suddenly becomes so personal, the social Yeah, human. then it's like, how could yeah. you? Yeah, I get yes. that, you know, I get that there's difference. I think as well, what some people find a bit frustrating is, you know, there's a reluctance to should the fact that people know Solskjaer and like him and he's clearly a really decent bloke, should that affect how much you're willing to call him out? Or should you just be completely like, well, it doesn't matter. I'm mm. just going to say he should be sacked. I don't know. Some you know, people have different views on that. Um, aside from that, during all this analysis, Nick, I felt like Neville evoked his experience at Valencia maybe one too many times. What do you think the sell-by date is for him using that as any sort of evidence <laughs> for any footballing context whatsoever? I feel like it's just not enough. It's just, yeah, you can't keep using that. It, it feels like he has he is sort of hyper-aware that he hasn't got any history mm. as a real history as a manager and yeah. he is he's second guessing the criticism that he thinks is going to come his way how can you mm. say this when you've known you were you know, at Valencia for four months and were shite where he goes exactly. he, he he almost prefaces every answer with look I was at Valencia and I was no good but and there was not only did he bring it up quite a lot um in the post-match stuff yesterday he he did it though they're complete non sequiturs a couple of them as well mm, there, mm. there was no kind of you know it was like uh, it, it wasn't this but it was like he was saying oh do you think Paul Pogba should have um, been sent yeah. off well when I was at Valencia and I was no good for four months uh, then yeah. you know some of my players got sent off well, what does relevance does that have 
the fact that he, he, he has to say it up front every single time, yes, I was I was rubbish. I'm not presenting this as any sort of yeah. masterclass. Yeah. It's, it's that, a bit like Charlie just constantly referring to Sunday League uh, <laughs> matches on this podcast. <laughs> well, I was going to say, actually, I can identify with that. Not for that. But, you know, if you're talking about football with, you know, mates of yours who, who don't work in it or whatever, but there will be occasionally a time where you can name drop and you're aware I'm being a complete dick by doing this. And you could just not do it, but you're also like, it is relevant. I think it meets the threshold for being relevant, but I'm also aware that I sound like a complete prick. So I kind of want to make them aware that I'm aware of that, but also get this across. So, And, and I feel that's what Neville's doing. He, he does always look a little bit embarrassed and sheepish because we all know it was a complete disaster. And by sticks men- to his guns, though. Sticks to his guns, but by mentioning it, it does almost lay himself open. When he's talking about managers, it does mm. then, it's almost worse because it's then like, Oh yeah, it reminds you that that yeah, he's talking with a lot of authority, having done four months of this in his whole life. Um, I just I just think it's going to get to the point where it's now it was too long ago for him to be using it is uh, is another worry. Elsewhere on Super Sunday, I enjoyed Harry Maguire, Charlie, giving us somewhat of a masterclass on where a player should look after a performance like that. Do the players have to accept their part of the responsibility for the result as well? Yeah, of course. Um, as a player, I know myself. Um, I'll be looking at myself, I'll be looking at um, my individual performance and then as a team, um, I'm the captain of this club, so I, I lead the boys. Um, and we've got to come together, we've got to stick together. There's no point in blaming people. Uh, we've got to look at each other. Um, but look at yourselves. Most importantly, you go home tonight, you look at yourselves. You look at yourself in the mirror and think what you can do better. And um, it's not about looking elsewhere and blaming others. If I think the group of lads in there, I, I look at them each day and every day in training. We've got to look at ourselves, individuals, um, but we've got to, for sure, make sure that we stick together. There's nothing left to look at. Um, just, just to recap the anatomy of all of that, Nick, he was looking at himself. He's going to be looking at his individual performance, presumably during a video analysis session. Um, looking at themselves as a team, you've got to look at each other then look at yourselves, <laughs> then go home, which is always important. Going home is like turning around and saying something, isn't it? Going home, looking at yourselves, looking at yourself in the mirror. It's not about looking elsewhere. He looks at them each day in training, and then they've got to look at themselves as individuals. Um, I think, he's, I think that's it. I think, yeah, 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 definitely. I, I think, unless I've missed it in there, I think the only thing that was missing was he, he said, he could have said they have to go home, sit down and look at ourselves. Uh, <laughs> sit down. Sit down at the end of the season, look at ourselves in the mirror. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, that's just a which is a quite, That's fine. I think it's quite that would be quite quite an unusual height for a mirror, wouldn't it be? Usually, your mirrors are at sort of yeah, like a dressing table. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that's like a, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he missed a real trick, captain of this club, not football club. Anymore. Yeah, or captain because of, the, or th- this is Manchester United, and I'm a captain. I suppose that's yeah. more Ollie's gambit, isn't it? Well, that's yeah. yeah. But I think captain of this football club, especially because it's a, it's a crisis that's engulfing the whole. Cl- you know, it's not the team. You know, it's, mm. it is about the football club. I think I think elsewhere he did shoehorn in a, a club like this, um, where we were talking about how unacceptable it was and and, and apologising to the fans. But mm. um, yeah, it's I, I mean this is this is no dig at Maguire himself. I'm just I'm just fascinated. I'm fascinated by all the different ways that a footballer must look. After a performance like that, but going going home, looking at themselves, and then looking at themselves in the mirror really was the the peak of that, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I hope you did too. Another enjoyable moment, Charlie, was Sky flicking between Alex Ferguson looking very annoyed and Kenny Dalglish looking highly amused uh, within moments of each other, and uh, it got me thinking of the obligatory things that we must say when VIPs are picked up on camera in the stands. What's the first thing? What's the, like just generally speaking? 
during a game, they zoom in on someone sat in the, in the, in the expensive seats. What's, what's the first line that comes to your mind for a co-commentator? Well, I don't... Hmm, I'm not sure if it, But something like a penny for his thoughts? Oh, yeah. This is a bit like Family Fortunes. Um, I, I'd put that... I guess I'd put that at maybe number two. Mm. Um, Nick, so number one's still up for grabs. Mm. Regular feature coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, 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 my mind's gone blank here. What, 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 what are you thinking? This is an established genre of commentary, right? Am I I'm not talking... No, no, it is. It Russian is. here. It is, but I'm. I just. I, I can't. I can't pick. Camera yeah. pans to a man who knows a thing or two about. Yes. Hey, that's number three. Okay. Yeah, you could have a number three. So number one is still up for grabs. It's, it's a very throwaway one. I'm surprised neither of you have thought of it, Charlie. I feel like this, mm. this should be tattooed on your body somewhere. It's go such, on, hit me, put me out of my misery. Oh, what a player he was, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I can't believe neither of you thought of what a player. And uh, Nick, I know you're hungover. But then you had T- tired, tired Adam, tired. Charlie's rusty. What a what a player he was. Yeah, but for King, but you'd get that for King Kenny. But would you get that for Fergie though? I didn't. I didn't say those two in particular. Right, I was talking general, about it as a general concept. What a you player weren't he listening. Was. Yeah, yeah player <laughs> he was. Good. By the way, <laughs> oh, that, I feel. I feel like that. That's sort of reserved for an old sort of B or C list player. I don't think a commentator would say that about Kenny Dalglish specifically or or someone of his over because it was t- it's too obvious that you know what a right. player he was. That it, you, you, the the co-commentator what a player manager he was by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, the 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 commentator or the pundit has to be um showing off their own knowledge by you know saying, you know, Paul Kitson, what a player he was by the way. Or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah or he's someone who's got a few goals in his time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he. That's a good. Yeah, that's a good point because someone who's known more for their management, perhaps. Mm. But you're showing the fact that, like, I actually knew him as a player. Oh, what a player he was! I wonder if what a player he was, by the way, is is perhaps it's reserved for um, not for your Dalglishes and your Fergusons, who we know would be at the game. It's for someone like I don't know Cannavaro popping up out of nowhere. At, Watford mm. versus Everton or something like that and saying well, what were you doing there and what a player he was by the way yeah. um, uh, they could do uh, they could do with him out there is another kind of well-worn yeah a well-worn trope there's a kind of uh, lesser spotted banter option which is has he brought his boots mm. maybe that's more one for for TV viewers rather than the commentators it's, that, um, it feels like that's that's kind of reserved for a um, a, a great player play, uh, who played for what is now a shit team yes Yes. So yeah, I think I think Bobby Charlton might have got that yeah. for United, sort of post twenty thirteen at some point, um, which really was the uh, the peak of that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Now it would be it wouldn't be a episode of football cliches with Charlie Ecclesher in attendance if we didn't have a little glance over to be in sports. Mm. Um, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this little bit. This is very much like a pincer movement of banter. Um, uh, Andy Gray on one side, Rich and Keys on the other, and Arsene Wenger, an unsuspecting, oh, wow. unwitting Arsene Wenger, simply not playing ball in the middle. <laughs> I mean, Andy, we've seen some bad teams go to Old Trafford and get a hiding. Yes. I mean, six. If you're yes. conceding six there, yes. you know, oh, the go. writing's on the wall. Don't you? I saw a team concede eight there. One Did you? Eight? Yeah, wow. I can't believe I, mean, I don't know that Surely not, no. That was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, you, you see now Liverpool. Yeah. They had a great day today. Last year, they lost seven. <laughs> Liverpool, yes. You know? Yeah. So it is... Uh, it can happen sometimes, it can. but it, in a big it, game, it of course, the damage uh, is massive. Not entertaining it. That, that one is amazing. Iota. Yeah, just the and then how quickly then Gray has to go back to being quite serious and not. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so good. Enjoyed the escalating laughter, Nick, as well. It's as if as well, if they because... could laugh him into understanding yeah, what was going exactly, on. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm kind of fully behind Wenger here because. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I suppose if you if you have kind of submitted yourself to the B the in sports studio with Keezy and Gray, you know what you're getting yourself in for. But I mean, it, it must be galling at best to have someone say, "Oh, remember the lowest single point of your managerial career?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know don't what? That... Veng- just don't think Wenger is is quite quite up for yeah. that. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I don't think he, he's he's a very amiable guy, and 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 certainly doesn't shy away from an interview, Charlie. But I feel like self-deprecation isn't really his bag. Like yeah, proper. that's more a kind of locker room banter with a proper football man, where mm. you'd invoke that. That to me feels like when you've got a friend who you make a joke about something with them, and then you f- you remember, oh shit, this isn't really something we laugh about, is it? He's actually quite <laughs> sensitive about this, and you're sort of then just in this quite awkward moment where. And he clearly doesn't want to talk about it, so just moves yeah. on, changes the subject. But I, yeah, that 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 hanging up. Let's just like, keep laughing because initially Wenger does. Because also, Keys is he's quite ambiguous at first. He's like, you know, conceding six as well. Yeah, I wasn't which sure. obviously, yeah. yeah. Then he has a little although, glance. Yeah, Wenger which Wenger did do as well at Old Trafford, but <laughs> yeah. they, they really got like laugh in his face. I'm also fascinated by Nigel De Jong's kind of existence at the moment as. <laughs> The kind of third wheel in Keys and Gray. I'm I mean, genuinely worried about the percentage of my life I spent watching clips of Nigel De Jong not saying anything. <laughs> it's just amazing. Like, yeah. I really want to know what he what he makes Straight of it all. Yeah, oh, yeah, he does contribute. They just never put him up any of his clips, which is a, a real shame. Uh, but yeah, I'm raising the bar for Keys and Gray. I'm trying to raise the bar for Keys and Gray. Yeah, it's amazing. To qualify them to, for, to appear on the podcast, but that that very that much more met the than meets it. Mm. Yeah, very much so. Uh, this certainly does. Um, normally, Charlie, we'd round off an episode of Football Clichés with uh, Premier League Year's Spotify playlist bingo. Uh, but we're not going to, because listener Chirag Narasania has done some detective work. Mm. And uh, he's found the original track from which the Football Clichés theme music is derived. He's hacked the theme tune to Football Clichés. Um, let's hit play on that and uh, just discuss it as a concept. We're all familiar with the opening, the thumping beat, of course. I think of it as often as sort of Persian disco, mm. really. Um, how did he... Has he explained how he found this? Did he uh, know it he, already? No, uh, people have tried and failed, Nick, to Shazam, the theme tune to all cliches, and it's never worked. But this guy, I don't know how he did it, 
Um, I just thought it was always from a sort of generic music library of podcasts. And, and happy as I am, Nick, that this isn't a podcast with jangly guitars at the start. Yeah. Um, uh, it turns out that the theme tune to Football Clichés is by Aisha, Star of the East. And the track is called Give Me Fire, which I, I imagine, Nick, is probably a song about a manager who hasn't been uh, given enough money to sign a striker in the summer <laughs> and uh, fields a team completely devoid of recognised strikers as a message to the board. Send, yes, sending them, very much sending a message. I wonder, yeah. I, 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 having listened, having heard this theme tune uh, you know, many, many times over the last mm. few years, I had no idea it was apparently so saucy. It's a very saucy video. Yeah, it this. is. Yeah, she's a belly dancer by trade. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, knows a, a thing or two well. about belly dance. <laughs> yeah, certainly. I mean, um, Charlie, if ever we venture into the uh, stratospheric podcast world of doing a, like a live show, mm. I was thinking maybe we could get Aisha, Star of These, to wow, attend yeah. and perform this live. So I, so I checked out her official website and uh, got hold of the section um, which details her rider and what her entourage require if you were to hire Aisha Star sure. of the East. Um, I, I quote, Moving the Aisha Star of the East team up to 250 kilometres can be carried out by a comfortable car. Open brackets, there must be air conditioning and a stove. <laughs> a stove. I think this is doable. <laughs> I think this is doable. A stove? A, little, a caravan, little, that's what they want. A little camping we... stove to heat up a can of spaghetti hoops on or something. Fine. Could we get the whole of the intro done by you know get so get Gray to do his commentary. They're all <laughs> alive, like, right? They're all alive. I, I think. think they're all alive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah Gray definitely. can do that. Off you know use cameo or one of those sites, and rather than saying like Happy Stag, we'll just <laughs> get into repeat. Um, this is the, just moving on through their list of demands. They also say one single room, five star, or a suite and a double, preferably located on the same floor. The rooms must have hot and cold water, drinking water, juices, TV, air conditioning, and a heater. Who are these divas? <laughs> Same floor? Must have hot and cold Use water. Oh, get these guys. Jesus Christ. Uh, of course, uh, Aisha Star of the East and her team, Charlie, have to eat. So they want lunch mm. and dinner in a restaurant during the entire stay. They also want uh, still water, juices, and tea in the dressing room. Huge on juices. I mean... Yeah, absolutely massive on juices. Well, you know, belly dancing. I wonder if I should start these would relax these demands. You know, once she finds out that we've been playing her song, I mean, maybe she's a listener. I'm, I'm concerned we're going to be due a huge royalties bill yeah. when she finds out what the hell has been going on. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say pleased or just really quite annoyed. <laughs> mm. But yeah, coming up on Thursday, Aisha Star of the East on Mesut Harland Dicks. Um, anyway, thanks to you, Nick, for joining us. I uh, hope your hangover improves. It's not a hangover. I'm tired. Officially, I'm tired. It's not a hangover. Okay. That's the line. Okay, no problem. And uh, Charlie, uh, enjoy El Sakiko on Saturday. <laughs> not happy with it, but that's what I've gone with. Uh, thank you. I hope the, hope the penny doesn't fall on your side and uh, give you extra long reads. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Cheerio. Thank you.